Perfect is impossible, so let's strive for better and betterer. Tune in for inspiration and mini challenges across the eight dimensions of wellness emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual, vocational, financial, environmental, and social. We make wellness fun and attainable so that you can feel awesome and do awesome. And now, your host, Jessica Jake. This is Jessica Jake, and I'm here today with Nicole Tirado from Tirado, which is exciting. I met her this past summer at the Wellcoa Summit in sunny San Diego, and she's up to such cool stuff that I figured I wanted to have her on and interview her for this podcast. Welcome. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am very envious of your beautiful San Diego weather. I'm in Miami, but it's not as nice and crisp and cool in the evening, so very jealous, but super excited. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for joining, and it's great to see you again. Cool. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, so let's jump in. What I liked in meeting you and trying your delicious tea was instead of getting on board with that typical, super busy, hectic, jumping through hoops lifestyle, you decided to take what you were doing as an agile project manager, which is typically meant for software development, and applied those skills to your life and work. Could you tell us a little bit about that and how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is in scrum management and managing teams in an agile way. And so I took that systematic approach for helping people to work more efficiently and just applied it to my life because I, for one, I loathe doing the same thing over and over again repeatedly. So if I can find a way to automate it, then I will. And so, uh, for example, I've just leveraged technology and integrated it into my life. So Trello is uh, one huge example that I use. It's typically used for managing software development life cycles. And I use it to manage not only my business, but my daughter's first birthday party, for example. I use it to manage my shopping list every week during meal prepping. And so I've just taken this iterative approach and applied it to my life where I can track all of the measurable objectives, and then also um, integrate it to my business life. And all the people that kind of surround me, they know I use this tool and I invite them to it all the time. And so, yeah, I've just taken Agile and, and applied it to all different spectrums so that things can be automated and very clear and so that I can just make the most of my time. Cool. So um, I'm familiar with Trello.com, so T-R-E-L-L-O. And um, can you tell people who never tried it before what, what to expect? Right. So think of it as a virtual to-do list. So it's a very simple way to set up the tasks that you have to do and drag and drop them into the specific buckets that you have. So for example, if you have three different, you have one board and it's three different lists, you can have a to-do column, a doing column, and a done column. And so let's say at the beginning of the week, you can take your tasks that need to be done, put them in the to-do. And what makes it really great and iterative is that when you're working on that task, you can move it to doing. You can drop Google Drive documents in there. You can pull in links in there. You can invite people to that card so that you can see, for example, okay, I know that I'm working on this uh, brief with my PR organization. So I invite the PR company to come in. They, I, I do the media training. They see everything that they need in order to then execute the brief and there's no back and forth in email exchange because long threads especially in gmail accounts can just get overwhelming and they never come to the top of your inbox it's just very frustrating and so that's just one example of how i use trello and what makes it effective is that it removes the need for email um I mean, even Slack to a certain degree because you can tag people and um, chat in Trello as well. 
but it's just a very simple way to organize your tasks, be collaborative and do it in real time so that you don't have to, you know, use paper if you don't want to. And, and the drag and drop feature makes it very simple to do. I use, even use the mobile app. I know some web-based version applications don't do or don't translate very well on mobile. And it actually works spectacularly on mobile as well. That's awesome. And another awesome thing is um, there's a free plan that you may never need to grow out of. So um, yeah, that's we, cool. we use the freemium version. Nice, nice. Yeah, my daughter works as a project engineer in construction and I'm Scrum Master certified and have like all those project management certifications as well. So for years, she's been like, I know you've been telling me for years about Scrum and Agile and then she finally saw Trello and then came home and she's like, wow, now I'm using this with my team. So yeah, it's something that could be as simple as you need it to be, like you were saying the um, to do, doing and done, or you could add those extra layers like you were talking about. So that's cool. We'll put a link in the show notes. Nicole, we can yeah. put your we can put your referral link in there. If yeah. You want. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I actually reached out to Trello a long time ago about that. And they actually don't do referrals, but upgrades. Oh, so okay. If, if, if you do join Trello, you can mention that you heard about it through Jessica's podcast and <laughs> you get a free upgrade. But yeah, I asked about that a long time ago. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We'll put yours in. I don't, I, I'm happy with the free version, so I'm, I'm good. Excellent. Um, so beyond Trello, what does agile at work look like? So Agile at Work looks like three things. One, self-organized teams. Two, efficient teams. And three, happy teams. So those are the three cornerstones that I really concentrate and try to uh, equip the team to do. So self-organized teams, for example, you give everyone a piece of the pie. So you have to show them what their impact is on the business long term so that they can feel like there's ownership, not just you know, I'm going to work or nowadays a lot of agile teams work remotely, not just I'm going to roll out of bed and, you know, show face because I have to earn a paycheck. It's more so like this is my impact on the business. This is what I need to do today. Um, you know, one perfect example are daily standups. So this is what I need to this is my one goal for the day. This is my one roadblock. And then you share that amongst the team so that the team one has the opportunity to hold you accountable and not just a manager hold you accountable. But then in addition to that, if you voice that roadblock and you're genuine about it, there may be a solution that lies within the team. Um, and so I think that self-organization piece is paramount. Um, and then secondly, just the efficiency of it. So, you know, simple things like using Slack um, versus email for or communication, um, doing things like having uh, your sprints. So I talk a lot about sprinting, especially when you're in flow. Um, when I talk about being in flow is when your, your cognitive is at its strongest and you're less distracted. So some people are in flow more so at four or five in the morning. Um, we hear that a lot from great successful leaders. Others are in flow, you know, two, three in the afternoon. And so being able to work efficiently when it deems, when your body and your mind can actually do what it needs to do. Um, and then thirdly, just happy people. I think people that work in sprints, people that work iteratively, there are constant milestones to hit. Um, there's constant feedback being thrown at them. And when they feel like they've done something that, for example, enhances the UX for a consumer or enhances the, you know, enhances the experience for their teammate, that makes them happy our brain releases a significant amount of dopamine when we have that sense of accomplishment. And so I think agile teams are just self-organized, efficient teams that are, that breed happy people. Great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I know when I had um, the opportunity to hear you speak at Wakoa, you were talking about having people block off that time on that cal the calendar. So where, when you know you're in flow, 
you said just block it off on your calendar so no one could disturb you. So is there anything else you want to add about that? Because I, I absolutely yeah. love that. So I'm a huge, huge fan of time blocking. So, you know, you'll have that to-do list in Trello, but that to-do list will probably grow and not get anything checked off by the end of the day. I mean, how many times does that happen where we have a to-do list and we don't check off the things we want to check off, but we have four other things added to it. Whereas taking that to-do list and maybe taking the one or two things that are the most pressing or will take up the most mental capacity and time blocking it. So taking out some time in your calendar right now, my calendar is from time block from 11 to one every day, except Wednesdays. And that is my creative block. And so whatever I have to do that day, that is going to require the most mental capacity, whether it be, um, you know, writing a blog post or writing, um, content for my ambassador program or writing a workflow for, um, my marketing team. Those are the things that require the most mental capacity. And so, I know that I'm going to do it during that time block regardless. Every single day, that's when my mind is in flow. That's when, you know, regardless whether I have Phoenix, my 21-month-old toddler is in preschool or not, that's her nap time. So even if she's at home with me, I know that I have that time allocated to do the things that require the most mental capacity. So time blocking is huge. Um, another thing that, we, that I really, really try to um, kind of convey to people is theme days. So having theme days so that if your schedule allows, I know that, um, you know, when you work for bigger conglomerates and corporations, it's difficult. I know when I worked for Rackspace, it was difficult, but if you can have, you know, on Wednesdays, maybe that's just your creative day on Tuesdays, you're just taking client meetings on Mondays. You're just, you know, doing the miscellaneous, putting out fires from the weekend and, um, you know, working on your RCA or things like that. So I think theme days as well. I myself have one theme day on Wednesdays. Um, I, I'm working on having more, but again, it's, it's, uh, it's a work in progress just from a scheduling standpoint and wearing multiple hats at one time. But I think theme days as well, just keep your mind, think of your brain as a muscle and it keeps that muscle strengthened to do all the similar tasks simultaneously versus, you know, you're jumping from email to now writing this thing to now you have to get back and maybe do some, some numbers and crunch some numbers. And so being able to keep that fluidity, I think is, is essential to productivity. Cool. So it sounds like part of um, what you're recommending is prioritization. And when those things come from other people to get added to the to-do to list, instead of saying yes and switching gears, that you would still like reprioritize, make sure you're still doing the things that you committed to. So as you um, talk with people and, and they're throwing things at your list, do you have any tips on how to navigate that and let them know like where their, their to-dos for you are going to fall? Absolutely. So I grew up a huge New York Jets fan, which is terrible right now because, I mean, for the past decade, it just haven't done well. I, I would really love to see them go to a Super Bowl in my lifetime, but I haven't. And so, um, you know, I, I always have these football analogies. And so I think about stiff arming. So when the wide receiver is running into the end zone, anyone that's coming at him, he's moving at the pace and the velocity of literally like a, a, a speed, a speed train, like he's just running. And so he just sticks out his arm and stiff arms, whoever is coming at him. And nine times out of 10, those people fall down because they're not running with the same speed. They're not running with the same ambition or with the same drive that this person is running into the end zone. And so when all of the, when notifications goes off, when I see a badge on my phone pop up, when I see an email pop up, when I see a, an update for uh, the latest version of iOS pop up or fires come at me, I just stiff arm the malarkey. All of it is malarkey because that is not 
part of my plan for the day. And so, you know, I used to apologize about it. And in more and more lately, I've been unapologetic about saying, you know what, I'm going to get back to you on that. Um, or if an, an email goes unanswered for, you know, six or seven hours, I don't feel guilty anymore. I think I still feel guilty if it goes unanswered for more than 24 hours, but you know, especially on the weekend, but then I have to tell myself not to feel bad, but I think stiff arming the malarkey. So that's the one vision I always have in my mind, stiff arming the malarkey. And how do I do that? So I'm very strict about having a digital detox every day. So I make sure even, uh, I, I actually instituted 24 hours now all day Saturday, I don't get online. But every day I make sure that I take one hour where I'm not, my phone is not on, there's no screens on around me. And I just have that time to either go for a walk, um, spend time with my daughter, um, just do the things that don't require me to look at my phone or don't require me to be engaged with the outside world. Because I think we live in this culture, especially in America, it's less when I lived overseas in the UK, but we're just hyper-connected and we feed off that hyper-connectivity and we feel good because, you know, someone mentioned us on Twitter or, you know, X amount of people watched our story and Instagram. And so I think disengaging um, from that and stiff arming the malarkey means turning off notifications um, in my phone, I do that sometimes when Phoenix is at school and I set VIPs. So I have her school as a VIP. So if you have anyone that needs to have full access to your 24 seven, they'll bypass that. Um, I also set my phone on, um, the nighttime screen, screensaver. So even if I'm sprinting or what have you, even looking at my phone, it doesn't become so much of a distraction and the light isn't so much of a distraction. Um, and I think also just being very, very clear about your sprint times. So for example, my mom even knows when I sprint. And so if you can make that abundantly clear, set an out of office or maybe in your status in Slack, just put work sprint or creative block. I think people respect you more so because of that. And, and not only that, it'll inspire them. People ask me all the time, are you going to run? No, I'm not going to run. It's a work sprint. <laughs> so I think establishing those boundaries and just being very transparent about it and just saying like, hey, I have but so much mental capacity every single day and I need to allocate it accordingly so I can do my best work for you. I think, um, you know, I, I respect people that tell me that. And, and I, I myself have to just be careful about not feeling bad about it. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. I love it. I love it so much. Um, that's perfect. You said stiff arming the malarkey. That's, that's probably going to be the headline of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of the urban monk, but he has a great advice, which like when you say yes to something, you're saying no to a whole bunch of other things. So really being mindful of that. And it sounds like you're really great at that. And that's excellent advice. Um, and people do respect you for setting boundaries. It's, it's true. I've seen it in action. Um, cool. And, and so you tapped on like work stuff and work life stuff, because it's always right that overlap. Are there any other tips for using agile in your personal life? Yeah. So using agile in your personal life, I would say the biggest one for me is a root cause analysis. So, you know, when something goes wrong, you immediately go to figure out what happened. Um, I institute that on all fronts. I think I have like four accountability partners because when something doesn't go as planned or when life just happens, I really want to understand why. So that, you know, I read this book called QBQ, Question Behind the Question, and I can't remember the author right now, but I will find it and send the link to you. But that book was literally like 98 pages and it changed my life at 20 years old because it asked you, okay, if this bottle of tea spills off the counter, are you going to blame the table? Are you going to blame your elbow? Who, you're going to blame someone, right? But instead of blaming someone, think about like, hey, maybe I had it too close to the ledge. 
maybe I wasn't paying attention. What could I have done next time? So next time when I sit down at my desk and I have my bottle of tea, I know not to put it at the edge of the table. And so that's a very elementary example. But I think I RCA my entire life. I figure out like Phoenix was late to school today. I was cranky. I didn't get that, you know, thing delivered on time. Why? Oh, I know why. I only had three hours of sleep. This <laughs> happened to me last week. And I was like, obviously, Nicole. And so I RCA a lot of my life just so that I can find those areas of improvement. And I just don't, being a full-time mom and a full-time, you know, business owner, I just don't have a lot of margin for error in terms of wasted time. And so if I can figure out, okay, this is the reason why, you know, I didn't have a great meeting and I didn't, it wasn't as fruitful as I thought. Well, maybe, you know, I went into it with an agenda. This person went into it with agenda. We could have merged our agendas prior to the meeting and talked about, okay, these are the things we really want to discuss versus both going in with separate agendas. And so I'm, I'm, I'm constantly RCing my business life and, and my personal life, even meal prepping. You know, today I don't have coconut milk and I need to run out and get some, but I already know that if I try to make my curry without coconut milk, it's not going to come out as fantastic because that happened to me two weeks ago. So that's awesome. Um, so sidebar, I want your coconut curry <laughs> recipe, um, but that that's all great stuff. I love it. Um, so I like to think of these days anyway of wellness cut into eight different dimensions. Do you um, do you think this agile framework that you're using uh, kind of helps out any particular wellness dimensions? Absolutely. So the agile wellness framework that I've created definitely taps into the financial and the intellectual. So I say financial because time is our greatest asset. It's our greatest currency. And if, you know, there's a saying that time is spent and attention is paid. And so when you're spending your time, you're paying attention to the things that you're spending your time on. And if those things are not yielding you the fruit that you want spiritually, emotionally, the uh, success that you, you want to feel or the challenge that, you know, you're facing, then you, you're not going to reap any benefits monetarily specifically. And so I think from a financial standpoint, being agile in your work life, in your personal life, in your spiritual life, um, all of that ties back into just being a better productive person. And when you are more productive, you're happier. And when you're happier, you can do better at, you know, the task, your craft or whatever it is that makes you money. And so I think, you know, being head of household or, even not being head of household, when you are working in an agile framework, you are setting yourself up to make more money. Um, and I know a lot of people like to talk about, oh, you know, just do what you love and the rest will follow or don't focus on the money. But there are some things you have to be intentional about and working and living in a way that you are producing when you're spending your time is important. And so I, I just, I, one of the things I loathe is when people are like, Oh, don't focus on the money. It'll come. No, focus on your time, focus on your time and how you're spending your time. And then the money will come. You can't just lollygag throughout right. life and have these projects with these, you know, pie in the sky visions without actionable plans and then expect the money to come in. So I think financial is huge. Um, and the second one I think is intellectual. So intellectual health is, you know, I think it's, it, it, I want to say it's more, it, it taps into more financial, but I think intellectual comes in second because your mental, like I said earlier, we have been inundating with so much information at one single time. And we have to learn to compartmentalize that information to say, okay, this is just information and this is actionable, actual content. And so we have to 
you know, decipher even between our Twitter feed, you know, the people that we're following, do we have lists for maybe all of the fun things and the parent things on the weekend? For example, I follow like a bunch of moms and, and dads that on the weekends, I'll go to that list and see like, oh, hey, like what are some, you know, recipes that they're doing or weekend stuff that they're doing, apple picking. But I know during the week, I'm going to follow more of like my tech media and more of like my, you know, my hardware um, VCs and, and um, angel investors and people that I look up to in the community because those are the things that I want sort of my mental to be fed with during the week. But if we're just all over the place and we're not in a constant pruning season, then our brain is just going to be overflowed. And the worst thing that we can do is a, is a jack of, is be a jack of all trades because then you're a master of none. And so I think it's very, very important to know exactly what it is that you know, you are going to concentrate on what your area of expertise is instead of trying to know a little bit about everything, know a lot about one, your passion and your craft. Um, so I think we're living in an agile way. gives you that opportunity to just focus and hone in on what you're great at. You know, we, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Gallup's Streams Finder. Yeah. 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 So when I was uh, working at Rackspace, that was one of the huge things that once we started with the company, they would tap into our strengths and not our weaknesses. And I'm so appreciative of that because I think, you know, in grade school, they would talk about, oh, what are you not good at? And we would have that SWAT sort of quadrant or strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And we would focus on the t on that upper right hand side where the weaknesses where it's like, no, we should just focus in on our strengths and hone in on that because, you know, we can do a lot, but we can delegate more. Mm -hmm. And so being able to do what we're great at delegate the rest and then maybe just put the rest on a wish list it's okay to have a wish list that you know just is just there because we only have but so much mental capacity in one single day so living agile definitely taps into the financial and the intellectual um pieces of health yeah absolutely that's perfect i, I love so much what you're saying i'm going to be jotting down a million quotes and yeah sharing them um yeah and then and then since all the dimensions are connected, it does help your emotional wellness because now you're not overwhelmed and, and physical wellness because now you can actually get sleep because you're being more productive and et cetera, et cetera. So super cool tips. I love it. Um, and I know you have a product that is in line with optimal productivity and also good at helping anyone who wants to get better and better at giving up caffeine. Um, so could you tell us about Tirado? Yeah, so I birthed Tirado in 2016 in tandem with my 21-month-old. Um, I was in a very dark place of just self-loathing and not being in acceptance of being pregnant. You know, I was at the peak of my career and um, just all at once, you know, I had to part ways with Rackspace. I found out I was pregnant and I was brand new in Miami, Florida. So I was just kind of like what, what is happening you know I, I you know built this amazing career up for myself you know making over six figures traveling the world and it was just really scary and so at that time the only the only constant in my chaos was tea I would have I started having loose leaf tea I had this tradition um when I was working with Rackspace and lived in the United Kingdom of every time I would go facilitate a workshop I would have my tea with me and so you know it was just it just became a constant in my everyday life and then when all of these things happened at once, I just felt depleted and tea was the only kind of constant in that chaos. So figuring out like, you know, what are my next steps career wise and where am I going to go? Because I'm going to need to be on maternity leave and like T minus five minutes. Um, so figuring that out and then figuring out a new city and figuring out, you know, I didn't even prepare to be a mom. I didn't want to be a mom. I didn't want to be a full-time mom. You know, I wanted to be married. I wanted to be, all, you know, all these things that 
um, a woman goes through. And so the only constant was tea. And I had, I, I started it every single day, you know, having my tea in the morning regardless. And so I started this kind of morning routine and that's where naturally, you know, my profession kind of, um, weaved into my passion with tea. And so I had this like kind of agile morning routine, if you will. Um, and that's how it was birthed. And so I was just really disgruntled with the market in terms of making tea simply so you have like all these infusers and then you have you know another infuser and then you have to put it in the water but you have to wait for the water to be at the optimal temperature and I was like no 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 there has to be a simple way to just have loose leaf tea if I'm going for a walk at that time I was walking every single day before Sika hit um there has to be a simple way for me to have loose leaf tea when I'm at the gym there has to be a simple way for me to have loose leaf tea on these client meetings um, and so, you know, that's how this Tirada was, was birthed. I really wanted to make it simple to have loose leaf tea because through the midst of all of this chaos, that tea was the only thing that was constant. And honestly, you say it, it resurrected me because every day it was just like, what, what am I going to do? Like, how am I even going to, I can't even fathom what this is going to be or how I'm going to get through this. But it was like, no, knowing that I had that one constant, knowing that I was going to have my tea in the morning, I was going to figure it out, I was going to sit down, I was going to lay things out in Trello. It, it was something that, you know, I really looked forward to. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the pedigree of Toronto. That's great. I love it. I love it a lot. And I, I loved your, I think I tried the Brazilian cocoa Yes, so we mate. have the Brazilian mate, yes. This Brazilian mate. So the reason why we chose this Brazilian mate to kind of showcase um, now in our first um, phases of, of Tirado is because it's one, it's organically sourced from Brazil. And then two, it's a very delicious aromatic tea for people to drink that are just focused on the end result. So this is not necessarily for the person that, you know, wants a ceremonial kind of um, experience with the tea. This is for the person that, you know, they're busy, they're on the go, and they want something that tastes good, that energizes them in the morning, and that they don't have to add sugar or milk to it. And so it's it's very good. It tastes great. Um, it's, it's infused with chocolate. And yerba mate is actually drank thousands of years ago by the samurais um, in South America, particularly in Argentina, before war. So it's something that really invigorated their senses. And what I love about it is that um, not a, I've never been a huge coffee drinker just because um, naturally overzealous in life. <laughs> it would make me shake. It would make me shake. And then also like maybe three hours after I would have it, I would feel this sort of like, just like, like crash, if you will. And so being that the yerba mate has another component called theobramine in it, it doesn't do that. So it's a, it's a slow releasing energy boost. So you're not going to feel that instant sort of woo, wake up. You know, it's not something you drink maybe at two in the morning when you need to just cram for the next two hours, but it's more so for that um, slow releasing energy boost throughout the day. And so that's really why we, we chose it as, as the cornerstone of, of our initial release. That sounds great. Yeah. So in addition to try to give up some caffeine or all caffeine, um, giving up all the things you dump in the coffee. So it sounds like, I mean, that I could tell everyone that was delicious. You didn't need to put sugar or milk or anything in there and getting that different kind of response in your body that isn't so drastic. So that's super cool. Um, do you have any other productivity tips for us? I, we yes. covered so much. So the greatest piece of advice I was ever given and can ever give is what gets measured gets done so too often we have these pipe dreams which are great you know we have these visions which are great but you know i hear people say i you know i want to be it's the end of the year i want to lose weight or you know i just want to live better or i want to save money 
those things, if you don't benchmark where you are and say, I want to lose six pounds because I'm 192 pounds now and I want to do that by November 31st. Or if you don't say, you know, I want to save $5 a day for the next 15 days, then these things are, the, the chances of them getting done are less likely because we don't know where we are and we don't know where we're going. And so the biggest, biggest piece of advice that I could ever give is, is what gets measured gets done. So measure your goals and unpack them so that they turn into tangible, actionable tasks that are time blocked into your calendar. You know, I have a, a workflow that I use just for, you know, from idea to execution. And I think that, you know, if you can have that workflow woven into your day, li daily life, whether it's as a, you know, within your career or your role as a parent or grandparent or aunt, uncle, especially, I think we have to take into consideration our whole life. Um, so your responsibilities as a person, not just to your company, but to your family and friends, I think that is key as well, because, you know, too often we hear about work-life balance and, you know, I want to say, you know, more than 60% of the workforce now, from my perspective, from where I sit, is doing their work during their life and their life during their work. And so there really isn't that those hard lines don't exist anymore. So because that is a gray area, we really need to be able to measure and benchmark where we're going versus where we are. So I think that that's like the biggest piece of advice I've ever been given and can give. Um, and, you know, just one more thing, I think the behavior change, I think it all boils down to changing our behaviors. And, you know, people talk about how it takes 21 days to create and stick to a habit. But I think I think it takes longer. And I think it's about incremental change. So I think for the next two weeks, if everyone can commit to time blocking 20 minutes in their calendar, where their notifications are off, where their phone is on do not disturb, where they have an out of office set in their outlook, or their Gmail is, is closed, I think that 20 minutes at the end of those two weeks, you can say, okay, during these, you know, three days, I did nothing because I was bored. During these two days, I did this. And during this one day, I found my flow and I, you know, wrote this piece or delivered this, you know, whatever it was. And, and you can build off that momentum because I think, you know, you, there's so much momentum that you can build, but then there's willpower that's going to take you the rest of the way. And so when motivation runs out and when momentum runs out, you have to have this willpower. And the only way that you can maintain that willpower is if you hone in on it and focus on it every single day. So I would say definitely if I can challenge you know, your listeners for the next two weeks to do one thing. If you take away one thing from this podcast, it would be to time block, you know, 14 to 20 minutes every single day, maybe just work days. You know, you have your weekends or your days off to your family and your friends, but time block that time and do the one thing that is the most pressing and requires the most mental capacity. Great. Yeah, that sounds like a challenge to me. So everybody for the next 14 days, time block off about, I'm going to say, come on, 20 minutes. Let's go for the full 20. Um, and you could decide to do this just during the work week, but it also would be awesome to do something for yourself. Cause like Nicole said, it's, it's not just about our obligations to work. It's like what, what, how we show up for our family and also time for ourselves. So, um, it's super key. So I want you guys to take that challenge and let us know how it goes because I think you'll find that it's awesome. And be careful like where you put that 20 minutes because like Nicole was saying, you might be in flow different times. So if you don't know off the bat, you might have a suspicion like, yeah, I think 20 minutes in the morning is going to be great. But then <laughs> you might think that and be like, wait a second, I'm not an early bird. Why the heck did I do that? So yeah. 
switch, you could switch your block to a time where it will give you the most success. So I love that. Um, okay. So I have a few more questions. So on our, uh, better and better.com blog, I'm building a running list of, for, for two things. One is a playful ritual challenge. And this was inspired by Ellen DeGeneres because she does a little playful ritual um, before every single episode where she tosses up a mitt in the air and tries to catch it with her mouth or she dances up the aisles. And she says it sets the tone for everything she's doing. And that's just one of the things that I want to encourage people to have because then it's so easy to tap into this playfulness that just makes you feel great. And I, I was reading some science on um, playfulness recently and the people that were like kind of commanded to be playful said they felt so free and so um it's just fantastic so do you have any um things that maybe we could add to that playful ritual list absolutely i think i'm a big kid at heart so definitely salsa dancing so i salsa dance most sundays before i start meal prepping just to get my you know i think the most important ingredient in any food is love so just so you know to get my and my love juice is flowing. Like when I hear salsa music, it just puts me in a space and a mood where I can create. And, you know, as much as I'm a creator work-wise, I'm also a creator in the kitchen and with my daughter. So like even in the morning, we I just started homeschooling with her, um, doing these like pseudo homeschool lessons with her. But before we start, I put salsa music. And so I just, I pre-curse anything that I have to do creative with salsa music and it just makes me feel good and you know Phoenix she's 21 months old bless her soul and she you know she's already like lifting her skirt up and doing like the little turns <laughs> and everything and I and so yeah just being playful I think salsa music just invigorates me in, in a way that nothing else can and I feel like if you cut me I bleed salsa music and so yes or if you need a playlist I will I will send you my favorite playlist and <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Anything salsa related just gets me in the mood. I love it. Yeah, please send us some suggestions because I, I could totally see that. And I would definitely accept that playful ritual for myself. Um, and the other list I want to build is for a faith in humanity cheat sheet. I, I don't know if you've ever read Dr. Barbara Fredrickson's positivity book, but she talks about how you want to really have at least three positives for every one negative. And sometimes I know the world could bring us down or in the workplace, there could be that one person who brings us down. And to just have a little list to look at, to he hear like, oh, something heartwarming that, okay, and maybe the list has to be really long so you could read three of them after that one person was a jerk. Um, do you have any ideas for that list? Uh, yeah, so... I, I really, you know, in the morning, I, I follow um, Joyce Meyer. And so she's a, a pastor. And I listen to her, her story all the time, because the thing is that she's endured as a, as a, you know, as a, I don't even want to say as an adolescent, as a, as an adult as well. I think it's just very inspirational. And so she is kind of my, my one person about that I listen to that has done so much good in the world, and she hasn't had good done to her. So she hasn't let you know, the bitterness of the world or the anger in the world kind of tarnish her shine. And so that, I think she's one person that really just inspires me and she does good all the time, regardless of who is not doing good unto her. Um, and so she's one person that just is with me every day. And then I just, honestly, this may sound a little, uh, it may not sound humble, but I think of myself, you know, I just, I reflect back a lot of times, and I, I think of everything that I've been through just, you know, as a full-time mother, um, 
as a woman that, you know, I've, from where I've come from and the things that I've endured. And I know everyone has their story, but I think when I look at my story and I realize how far I've come, I know that I can get that much farther. And so thinking about that and, and thinking about, you know, the people that have been in my life that have told me to just continue to press on, I think, you know, I myself have to keep faith in my own humanity because some things, you know, like we all have had things done to us that we want to, out, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to seek revenge. You know, we want to get even, we want to, you know, get back at people. And I think from my perspective, I just look back and say, you know what, I always rose up, was chose to rise above it. I've always chosen to rise above it. I've always chosen to walk away or, you know, and when I haven't, and I have been toxic and I can admit that, you know, there's situations where I have been toxic because I've been so angry and consumed with why I recognize that. And I, and that's what I reflect back on. So when I think of, you know, having faith in humanity, I think of, you know what, those were the moments where I made bad choices, but look at how many good choices I've made since then. I can't afford to make those bad choices anymore because I have someone that's looking up to me and someone that literally enunciates every single word that I do. So I have to be careful about what I say, yeah. what I do, how I approach situations. And so, yeah, I think, I think definitely Joyce Meyer and, and reflecting back on my own life. That's great. Yeah. And you should be proud. Um, you know, we need to love ourselves and yeah. be proud of ourselves and look back to all those times when we did triumph where we didn't choose to be toxic instead of, and, and, and instead chose to, like you said, rise above. I love that you said that although she didn't let the world tarnish her shine and just have those examples for yourself, right? Because you could want someone could be a, a jerk to you at work. You might want to strangle them, but you can remind yourself like, Hey, I actually took the high road with jerks who were like 10 times this guy and I'm not right. going to him tarnish my shine. So I, I love that so much. You really have so many words of wisdom. You really blew me away. I, I did like, I liked you since I first met you. I, I had met you in the hall and you had yeah, ended. That was you ended it, it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. You had ended that session and I was like, Oh, I better come back early tomorrow and wake up early and come over here. And I, I loved what you had to show to the group. Um, and then now in hearing even deeper, like, uh, about who you are and, and, and uh, what you're all about, it just blows me away. So I'm, I'm so glad, uh, that we did meet and, um, how could my listeners find out more about you? And it sounds like, I don't know if you have, I, we want to hear about your business, but also about you. Cause you, you are. A great <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. They can read about the business online. So thank you so much as well, Jessica. I think that, you know, I don't think, I don't believe in coincidence. And so I think us meeting at that, 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 that morning and you coming the next day, it was, you know, such a great opportunity for just, you know, two women that are, you know, in the agile space and that care about wellness to meet because I think it's difficult to find people at that nexus point. And so I'm just glad that we were able to meet and edify each other. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, and as far as learning more, so we are actually in the final phases of developing the first smart teacup. And so it's called the Infused, and we're super excited about it. Think of it as if a Keurig machine, Siri, and a tea master had a baby. <laughs> and so that's what we're building. It's been two years in development. So, you know, the cup heats the water to the optimal temperature. It cools it. It's all um, mobile app um, powered. And so it's really, really great for people that, you know, just want to leave their house in the morning and have their tea with them all day long. It's completely portable. It's unlike anything in the market. And so that's where we are right now. It's very exciting times. 
Um, we're looking for people to test the final iteration. And then we're also, you know, just looking for people to give us feedback as well. So if people can head over to trado.tech, that's T. T-E-A, R as in Robert, A, D as in David, O dot tech, short for technology. So it's T-Rado dot tech. And just, um, you know, there's a pop-up that's going to come up and ask you to, you know, if you want to test our smart teacup. Um, and then also, of course, you can find us on Twitter at T-Rado tech. And then also on Facebook and Instagram, T-Rado tech. Um, I am on Twitter and getting more and more active on Twitter uh, at Nikki Torado. I used to be insanely active on Twitter and then Instagram popped up and you know even with things like Hootsuite where you can post to both because I'm of course very efficient with my time um, it just gets complicated and so I started spending more time on Instagram but there isn't my from my perspective there isn't as much substance on Instagram so like fluid conversations and you know where you can give feedback and things like that so I've uh, that's actually my goal for this week is to spend only um, five hours on social for the whole week and have three and a half of them be on Twitter so We'll see how it goes. All right. Yeah. Let us know how that goes. That's great. Yeah. So I will also put some links in the show notes to all this good stuff. And again, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes. Thank you so much, Jessica. Take care. May today be as productive as you need it to be. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Show notes are online at betterandbetterer.com. Find a buddy to try out this episode's challenge. We want to hear how it goes. So hit us up on Instagram at Better and Betterer.